Hello nerds and welcome to this episode. It's almost Halloween so I'm gonna tell you about some of my favorite crime novels and books that gave me nightmares. In a good way. <laughs> so I'm gonna start with a crime series that I absolutely adore. <laughs> Something less spooky for the beginning. Starting with the first book of the Frey and McRae series, Strings of Murder by Oscar de Muriel. It plays around the 1880s in Scotland, which already sounds promising. I love crime series that play around that time. Maybe it's because Sherlock was written during this time and I fell in love with those stories. Anyway, in this series the main characters are Ian Frey, a quite refined Englishman who grew up in London. He likes everything clean and pristine, and so far he's had a perfect life. A well-paying job and a beautiful girlfriend. Well, how the turns have tabled for that guy. His girlfriend leaves him for someone else. The guy who she left him for gets revealed later, and honestly, she doesn't deserve Frey at all. Other than the girlfriend, he has a father, who I do not like, a stepmother who is awful, and three brothers, of which two are lovely people. His boss is also not really happy with him, and he gets sent to Edinburgh to investigate a murder. His partner and new boss is the total opposite of him. Nine Nails McGray is loud, doesn't have any manners, and says what he thinks, swears a lot, and wears a lot of tartan. Just wanted to mention that, because it seemed like I had to say something else there. They clash a lot during their investigation of the murder of a violinist who was found in his locked practice room. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> One, re one, one reason they fight a lot, other than Frey having a stick up a specific place, is that McRae believes in the supernatural. McRae is certain that something, some kind of supernatural entity entered the locked room and killed the violinist. Frey keeps saying that that's stupid and that there must be a logical reason. That's also something that I liked about the series. You, as the reader, can never be 100% sure if something supernatural exists or not. You can either decide to believe that in this series there's something like ghosts and demons, or you can choose to think like Frey, but you can never be completely sure. Another thing I enjoyed about this series is that you can see Frey and McGray grow closer and eventually they become best friends. They still throw insults at each other in the later books, but it's the way best friends insult each other and it's incredibly hilarious to read. Also, throughout the series you get to know them better, you get to know their past, why McGray has the nickname Nine Nails, and you get to see how their characters change. I just love them so much. Even though I almost stopped reading the series after the second book, 
I found that one a little slow and not as interesting as the others. I am so glad that I kept reading it, honestly. All in all, a wonderful crime series. So far there are six books and the seventh is gonna come out sometime in February, I think. I can't wait to read it. It's called The Sign of the Devil, which just sounds perfect. I'm gonna reread the series before the seventh and final books come out book comes out. On one hand, I am genuinely excited to read the last book, but on the other hand, I dread the day it comes out. I don't want this series to end. I seldom find a series, let alone a crime series, that captivates me like this. Let's move on to the next book before I get sad. <laughs> we all have heard of Dracula, 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 or at least of vampires. I don't mean the sparkly ones, but the one that was created by Bra Bram Stoker. I will not talk about that book since I found that one incredibly boring and slow to read. He had a good idea, but it lacked in the execution in my opinion. However, Stephen King wrote a modernized version of that. Not only is that one more gripping and generally better, but it also doesn't make women f seem fragile and stupid. Ben Mears is the main character. He is a writer and returns to his childhood home, Jerusalem's lot, to write his next novel. He makes friends quite fast and there's also a romantic interest which, yeah sure, why not? The book he intends to write is about the long-abandoned Marston house, where he had a terrifying experience when he was a child. He learned that this house had been bought by Kurt Barlow, who wants to open an antique furniture store in this town. He is, allegedly, on an extended buying trip and only his business partner Richard Strucker is seen in public. Their arrival coincides with the disappearance of a young boy and the death of his brother. Pretty suspicious, if you ask me. Mears also starts to realize that there is something sinister going on and starts investigating. Will he be able to save the town from its inevitable doom? Well, well, well. In my opinion, it's one of the best works of Stephen King, and even though you can sometimes guess what's going on, it's still impossible to put the book down, and once you've finished it, it gives, it gives you the spooks for the day, or night, whenever you finished it. Moving on to another book by Stephen King. This guy is just an amazing writer and he knows how to give you the best kind of nightmares. Pet Cemetery. This one is about Louis Creed, who moves into a large house with his wife, their two young children and their cat. They get welcomed to the house in the most fantastic way. One child hurts their knee and the other one gets sung by a bee. That rhymed. Anyway. 
And to get a little of that foreshadowing, the family gets warned about the highway that runs past their house, which is frequently driven on by speeding trucks. What's gonna happen? I don't know. Doesn't sound dangerous or anything at all. Surely nothing will happen. No, definitely not. Why would you think that? They become very good friends with their old neighbors and everything seems great. But things go downhill fast. Oh no. You know, you, you, you know when you have a fantastic day and you go to work in such a great mood. You get to talk to your best friends before the work starts in the morning. And it seems like it's gonna be one of those rare perfect days. But then you get snapped at by angry customers who all decided to show up on the same day. And during your lunch break you notice that you've forgotten to bring your food. And you also don't have any money with you. And to top it all off, you have to walk home in the rain. After working late? <laughs> yeah, the book hurts just like that. Get some tissues, a cup of hot chocolate, whatever your comfort drink is, and get a pillow to cry into. Also, a not really fun fact. Stephen King got the inspiration for the book from a similar event in his life. In the late 1970s, he got invited to be a writer-in-residence and professor at the University of Maine at Orono. He moved with his family into a home in this area and, like in the book, there was also a busy road that ran past the house which frequently claimed the lives of different animals. Because of that, a pet cemetery got built which also exists in the book. His daughter's cat lost its life on this road, unfortunately, and a while later his, at the time, two-year-old son ran towards the road while chasing a kite. Luckily, King managed to stop him in time, but it was still scary enough and that's something you don't ever forget. He considers Pet Cemetery to be one of his most frightening books so far, and I totally agree with that. Be right back, I just need to hug my cat now. Another crime series that I love with all of my heart is the Pendergast series by Douglas Preston and Lee Child. This series is about special, special, special agent Pendergast who who reminds me a lot of Sherlock Holmes, which is probably the reason why I love this series so much, let's be honest. I hope this series never ends. The first book in the series is about a massive exhibition that opens in a few days at the New York Museum of Natural History. It already has a promising start, with all those dead bodies turning up. Lovely! To make everything more scary and confusing, the autopsies indicate that the killer can't be human. But hey, why let yourself get stopped by a few murders? Pfft, who cares? 
The museum's director still wants to celebrate the new exhibition. A few dead bodies might serve as decorations. Anyway, the unique nature of those cults caught the interest of Pendergast. So, he arrives in New York, in New York, did I say that correctly? I don't know, to investigate. I adore the writing style. It is so enjoyable and gripping to read. I need to read more of this series. A new book came out recently, by which I mean August, but let's just ignore that. You, got, you gotta hoard all the books, just in case. Just in case. The new book is called Bloodless, and the cover already looks incredibly spooky and perfect for Halloween. It starts out with an old man hijacking a flight with a fake bomb. His motive doesn't seem quite clear. He collects his ransom money, jumps out of the plane after it started flying, flying again, and during his fall, he scatters the money into the wind and is never heard from again. It continues with our main characters, Pendergast, Cold Moon and Greeny, who get taken to Savannah without their protests being heard since they just solved the case and just want to go home. Well, in Savannah a crime scene waits for them. Two dead bodies were found completely devoid of blood. One looks even more mutilated than the other one, and due to their blood missing, there is of course talk of a vampire. The storyline was told from different perspectives and it was a lot of fun. Until the end happened. I don't know how to feel about the ending. On one hand, I loved it, but on the other way, on the other one, I was kind of disappointed. The explanation didn't seem plausible to me and kind of really far-fetched. And the ending also came a little short for some characters. But the rest of the book was highly enjoyable. It was a fantastic read. I'm just gonna think of a different ending while I have a stare off with my wall. But I do not want to accept this ending. I'm not happy with it. Anyway, moving on. The last book I'm going to talk about is Christine, also by Stephen King. I just had to put that one in there. In 1978, Arnie and his best friend notice a shabby Plymouth Fury, which is a car according to my vast knowledge of cars. Didn't have to look that up at all. No. This particular car is being sold by an old man who named the car Christine. Arnie buys it for £250 even though his friend Dennis isn't really fond of that purchase. While Arnie finishes the, finishes, finishes the paperwork, Dennis sits inside the car. There he has a vision of that vehicle and the surroundings as they existed when the car was new, 20 years earlier. That would probably freak everyone out and after that Dennis does not like the car anymore, 
which is more than understandable. He, sh he should have just burned it all immediately. Just thrown it into the ocean and... No, not throw it into the ocean. Just burn it. When something like that happens to you, burn it immediately. After a while of owning the car, Arnie starts to change. It's subtle changes at first, like not wearing his glasses anymore, but they become more and more evident until he seems like a completely different person. Dennis tries to help his best friend, but neither he nor the car, de definitely not the car, seem to want his help. That was a quite unsettling book, but honestly not the scariest. But then again, I don't believe in ghosts, so maybe it's scarier for someone else. I don't know. A ghost is probably gonna possess my bike now and make me fall off. I'm looking forward to that. Also, a short but terrifying story about something that happened to me recently, and with recently I mean a few weeks ago, but it fits. How convenient that something scary happened to me in time for me to tell it before Halloween. Convenient. I got home from my parents' place and, as always, I took the bus home. It was starting to rain, but I had an umbrella with me, so it wasn't a big deal. It just added to the scenery, I guess. The bus didn't drive past my stop, even though I was on the right bus. The reason it didn't do that was that the street was being repaired or something. Anyway, the bus just let me out somewhere and I don't go outside so I've had no idea where I was but luckily I had Google Maps. Well, to get to my flat I had to walk through a cemetery. Fitting and could have been the start of a horror novel. Well, at least it was still pretty early in the day, so I wasn't scared that someone was gonna murder me or something. The main reason it was scary was that Google Maps didn't quite work at some point, and I had to keep walking without knowing where I would come out. Seriously, my legs were shaking as I was walking past the graves and through a small forest and as soon as I saw other houses, I, I, was, I was willing to climb over fences to talk to humans and ask them where the hell I was. Before my anxiety could make me curl up and cry on the forest floor, I saw my home. I saw my neighbor and I've never been more glad to see another person. Quite eventful. I do not like buses. And that's what happens when you go outside. I will never go outside again. That was a mistake. I do not want this to ever happen to me again. Nothing like this ever happens to me. Why? Because I stay at home. Don't go outside. That's the lesson for today. That's, yes, if you take anything with you for today, take this advice with you. Do not leave your home at all. 
And that is the end of today's episode. I do hope that the books, should you decide to read them, give you nightmares worthy of Halloween. So, goodbye!